0: Upon a vast snow-covered plain in the Minnesota wilderness in the late hours of the night, Duncan Bright and Brother Canis sit by the wood stove in the monastery's kitchen, with the wind howling through the cracks in the stone and mortar, and the ancient oak and pine joists that hold the slate roof above their heads, moaning like an old sleeping animal. The rest of the children will have long been bathed and placed in their beds— There may be an odd creaking or grumbling upon the ceiling wainscoting as they shift and shudder in their half-sleep, but they will be the only two awake, thin slivers of red and orange flame flickering from the wood stove's grate and moving across both their faces in the dark. Brother Canis is a squat, rotund little man, with wispy orange-red sideburns that cover the entirety of his jaws. The rest of his face is shaven so severely and stringently that it shines like a pink polished stone, and Duncan is often surprised he has not drawn blood. On a shelf lined with canned goods—Bristol's peaches, ham and baked beans, Labrador sardines—Brother Candace's black vulcanite transistor radio glows amber, humming lightly with static and the odd pipper squeak, as if it were searching out the void for some signal from the stars. Tell me, Duncan asks him. Tell me again how I came to be here. Brother Canis picks at something at the front of his teeth, the sunflower seeds he always seems to be chewing. The flame glow is orange on his yellowed caps, which replaced his front teeth a decade ago. He likes to say that he lost them when he challenged the Bishop of St. Paul to a fight when they were both young prelates, but the truth is less rebellious and less heroic, and perhaps more beautiful. After being bedridden with influenza for three weeks, he'd climbed the tower's stairs to inspect the bells, to greet them, he says. He was responsible for their tone and timbre, and when dust and grime build upon them, they lost not only their luster, but also their pitch. As he leaned forward, his face widening and shimmering familiarly in the ancient brass, a novitiate pulled on the heavily wound cotton stave ropes from below and the bell's lips suddenly came up to greet Brother Candace's face with a violent kiss, slicing into his gums and severing his two front teeth at the root. He laughs as he spits seeds. Just like that, he says. Just like that. Two resin-stained teeth spiraling down into the darkness of the bell case. Like bloody yellow pearls. Tell me what you remember, Duncan, he says now. I remember being born, Duncan says, and God speaking to me. And what did he say to you? I can't remember. Shadows seem to find the narrow lines of Brother Candace's weathered face, until only the regal cheekbones, the large, moist eyes, and his mouth are visible. His breath smells slightly of wood, a damp teak, as if he's been chewing on bark. Duncan finds it a comforting smell. And you have no memory of anything else? Brother Canis asks. Duncan shakes his head and Brother Canis grunts and pokes at the grate, stirring the coals with the ornate cast-iron poker. This, then, shall be your story.